Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. No wonder GameBridge has earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that's exactly what you'll get. They can help you in any industry. With just one interview at Express, you have a connection to endless jobs. Whether you want a contract job or a new full-time role, choose Express Employment Professionals. Express has 860 locally-owned locations and no fees for job seekers. Visit ExpressPros.com. That's ExpressPros.com today to find a location near you. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Redestine tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Welcome in, podcast listeners. We got a loaded show for you. In hour one, we'll be joined by my guy, Frank Isola. Then we'll continue to roll through uh, a lot of different guests rolling in. We'll talk to Dr. David Chow, and we'll also talk to John Morosi, our Major League Baseball expert about uh, a variety of different things, but most primarily the return of Major League Baseball. We'll also talk about the Aaron Rodgers drama in the wake of the drafting of Jordan Love. We'll talk about my buddy Peter King and his refusal to acknowledge that Ron DeSantis in Florida has not been a disaster. You'll enjoy that, I imagine. And uh, we will continue to break down uh, what we believe will happen with the return of sports, all that and more. It's OutKick, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern Live, but you get to hear it now on the podcast, and it begins now. OutKick the coverage with Clay Travis live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern. 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. A couple of different stories that are out there that I thought were interesting as we get prepared to uh, to roll into the day here. First of all, and I believe we talked about this a, uh, a while back, we now have a further rumor out there that the NBA, in addition to considering Las Vegas as their destination, which is what we talked about uh, what, a month ago probably at least, if not more than a month ago. There's also talk that the NBA might be considering a return at Disney World because there is a wide world of sports there on the Walt Disney World property in Orlando, Florida, 
also the state of Florida has been, I would argue, more aggressive in courting the return of sports than almost anyone out there. Uh, So as the NBA considers potentially the wide world of sports in Orlando, Florida as a destination point, we have some news that also is connected to the state of Florida in the world of sports uh, at OutKick, one of our new writers. uh, And if you haven't spent any time at the website, OutKickTheCoverage.com, OutKick.com, my website, we are hiring a bunch of new writers. And we had a couple of interesting stories there yesterday. One of them was by one of my new writers, Bobby Barak, uh, who's formerly of the big lead. And uh, I think we'll talk to uh, maybe a couple of these new guys tomorrow uh, on the radio program. Uh, But we broke the news that the Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, alongside of Tiger Woods will be Peyton Manning, alongside of Phil Mickelson will be Tom Brady, that that golf match is scheduled right now for Florida as well for May, uh, the May weekend of Memorial Day. So uh, that weekend, that Saturday or Sunday leading into Memorial Day right now on TNT will be Tiger Woods versus Phil Mickelson. And remember the first time they did this, it was on pay-per-view. This one is going to be free on TNT and it's going to be a charity fundraiser, I believe, for coronavirus-related relief funds. So it'll likely raise, I would think, millions of dollars, and uh, I can't wait to watch it. It'll be Tiger Woods alongside of uh, Tom, Br- uh, sorry, Peyton Manning, going up against Phil Mickelson alongside of Tom Brady. So uh, it makes a lot of sense, honestly. Tiger Woods is from Florida. Tom Brady is now living in Tampa Bay uh, as a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which is still kind of wild to think about. And, uh, and so it makes sense that it would be in the state of Florida also because of the, uh, the pursuit of uh, all sporting events by Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. And by the way, everybody in the media was ripping Florida Governor Ron DeSantis literally for a month. Every time Florida did anything, people would lose their mind. Have you looked at the, uh, at the data coming out of Florida? As big states go, Florida is doing one of the best jobs in the country. And even Peter King, who we had on this program a couple weeks ago, uh, and I tweeted at him and he was upset uh, still. But remember, Peter King took a shot at Ron DeSantis about how bad he thought Ron DeSantis was doing. And the data actually reflects that Florida has handled the coronavirus outbreak better than almost any state in the country. And on Monday, Florida is officially opening back up. Uh, 25% occupancy for restaurants, 25% occupancy for retail. Uh, As they work their way back, the beaches are going to be open uh, in many parts of Florida with different social distancing uh, restrictions that are being uh, anticipated there. So uh, I am thinking about heading back to Florida with my family uh, for, uh, for a while here before long because the state of Tennessee has opened up. Uh, and now the uh, the state of Florida is opening up. Uh, so that's a really good sign in the world of sports in general. Again, that golf match scheduled for Memorial Day weekend on TNT in Florida, very cool. And also the idea that the NBA might come back in the wide world of sports in Florida, if that happens, just a further indication that Florida has been as welcoming as 
uh, a state can be to try to get everybody back up and running. So that is uh, information and detail uh, that is out there. Again, OutKick broke that news, uh, and a lot of you are hearing it probably for the first time about Tiger Woods alongside of Peyton Manning going up against Phil Mickelson alongside of Tom Brady. So that's going to be a lot of fun to watch and is uh, not very far away. Also, NASCAR, it now appears, will actually return on May the 17th in Darlington the week before Charlotte. Charlotte seems like a foregone conclusion, but reports are that NASCAR will be back for May 17th. So they're starting to be a lot of sports to think about in terms of the return because you're going to have the UFC on May the 9th from Florida. You're then going to have potentially Darlington on May the 17th. Then you would have the the Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, and and Brady and Manning uh, golf match, which would theoretically be on Memorial Day weekend. Uh, And I would imagine that there will be, I really do think this, that there will be soon news about Major League Baseball teams returning to their spring training sites. I, I think it's sooner rather than later that Major League Baseball will be going back to Arizona and or Florida for teams to start to get ready for uh, for spring training. I think by Memorial Day weekend, there's a very good chance that Major League Baseball players will be back down in Florida and Arizona getting ready for the start of the season. Uh, so all of that is moving in a very positive direction in terms of sports coming back. There's also a couple of other uh, stories that, uh, that, that I thought were very interesting. Speaking of Florida, former Tampa Bay Buccaneer and Florida State quarterback Jameis Winston has left the state of Florida to go to New Orleans. And if you're wondering what kind of market there was for Jameis Winston in general, the uh, details on what he signed for are pretty staggering. Uh, Jameis Winston signed for uh, a one-year deal he got a $952,000 base salary. So you talk about how much Jameis Winston fell by based on the way things went in Tampa Bay. He was thinking he was going to get a $30 million contract extension to be the Bucks quarterback through 30 interceptions. Six of them returned, I believe it was, for touchdowns. The Bucks kind of fell apart around him, even though he threw for 5,000 yards. Tom Brady comes in. The Bucks say thanks, but no thanks. And then there's just not a lot of demand out there. There aren't a lot of open opportunities to be a quarterback. And so Jameis Winston, $952,000 base salary for one year. Interestingly, in that same year, the Saints are paying uh, an absolute ton of money uh, you think about it, and how much money are we talking about? We're talking about $16 million to Taysom Hill to potentially be their backup for one year uh, as they try and figure out who is going to take over for Drew Brees in the future. Jameis Winston met with the media yesterday in New Orleans, and he had this to say. We have a Hall of Fame quarterback and a future Hall of Fame coach. 
that's very intriguing for a, a young quarterback like myself. And also, I've been playing against this defense uh, the, for the past five years, and they continue to get better and be dominant. This is a this is a Super Bowl contending team, and uh, and I'm just happy to be a, a part of that. First time I met Drew was in 2006. I was the first kid to get his autograph. But uh, I met Drew pre-draft back in San Diego, and uh, we got a chance to talk at the Rock Church with uh, Miles McPherson in San Diego. And uh, ever since then, he's, he's always been a guy that I can hit up during the season and ask, ask a question, and he'll get back with me. Being a part of New Orleans Saints, being a part with Drew Brees, Taysom Hill, Sean Payton, uh, Coach Joe uh, Lombardi, Coach Pete Carmichael Jr., when you think about that room, it's like a Harvard education in quarterback school. Um, so I wanted to put my ego aside, put the money to aside, and think about my family, think about my career. It was no better position than to be in the same room with someone that I really looked up to, someone that I admired uh, since I've been playing this game and Drew Brees. I think this speaks, again, Jameis Winston also said uh, that he got LASIK surgery and said he can now read license plates and street signs that he couldn't read as well before. Helps with his blurriness, depth perception, and clearer vision. I can't believe that he waited this long. Now, he may well have played in contacts before, uh, but it's crazy to think that Jameis Winston finally going to get LASIK because of all those squinting memes that you have seen all over the internet. Uh, Your eyesight kind of matters quite a bit, you would think, as a quarterback, particularly when you're throwing as many interceptions as uh, as Jameis Winston is. So we'll see how he does, but I think the contract that he signed speaks to the overall lack of available quarterback jobs in the NFL right now. For a long time, there were not enough quarterbacks to fill all the jobs that are out there. But I mean, just think about it. Cam Newton, there's not really a location for him right now. Andy Dalton, where is he going to go with Joe Burrow now coming in? Uh, and Joe Flacco, who hardly anybody talks about at all, all three of those guys sitting around out there, and there isn't really an easy fit for them. Those guys may be relegated to waiting to see if a quarterback gets hurt, either in training camp, the preseason, or the early September games, like we saw, for instance, to happen with Nick Foles last year. But there just aren't very many jobs out there. And so as a result, Jameis Winston signing for under a million dollars. Another guy who may have some quarterback drama going on, how about Aaron Rodgers? We talked a lot about the decision by the Green Bay Packers to come out and say uh, and, 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 and trade for Jordan Love like they did and what a message they were sending to Aaron Rodgers in the process. I saw this stat and I flat out couldn't believe it. Um, because I it just it's, it's kind of mind blowing. Uh, this is uh, all time passing touchdown leaders to first round draft picks. All right, uh, who has thrown the most touchdowns to first round draft picks uh, at uh, at wide receiver or certainly at running back or tight end? Okay, Peyton Manning has thrown two hundred and ninety three touchdown passes to first round draft picks. Eli Manning, 135. Brett Favre, 127. Tom Brady, 105. Drew Brees, 104. Dan Marino, 84. Fran Tarkenden, 74. Ben Roethlisberger, 69. Philip Rivers, 35. Aaron Rodgers, 1. 
The Packers have not drafted a first-round offensive skill position player for Aaron Rodgers since 2005. And they just went out and drafted a quarterback in the first round that theoretically would only play if Aaron Rodgers is injured or traded for the final couple of years of Aaron Rodgers' deal with the Green Bay Packers. I don't blame Aaron Rodgers for being furious, but there are reports out of The Athletic that the reason why this happened is because Matt LaFleur is sick of Aaron Rodgers and his uh, and his his attitude. Now, that is pretty wild if true because effectively it would mean that the Green Bay Packers are siding with Matt LaFleur over their Hall of Fame coach. Uh, Sorry, all of their Hall of Fame quarterback. And speaking of Hall of Fame quarterbacks, Brett Favre weighed in on all of this and had this to say. And nothing against Jordan Love. I I mean, no disrespect. But you trade up to get a guy who he may turn out to be great. I hope he does. But you you, you trade up to get a more of a project. A lot of upside, no doubt about it. But he, he can't help you get to the Super Bowl immediately. They don't draft any weapons, not just in the first round, but any weapons that can help immediately. And that just sends a disrespect message to what I would think to Aaron Rodgers. Green Bay's not going anywhere without Aaron Rodgers in the next few years. If he plays like we expect him to play, they got a shot with or without a first-round receiver. He's that good. So I would do all I could to not burn that bridge. And I, I, I don't think that they did that. I think that they burned a bridge that it's going to be hard to uh, overcome. At, at some point, I think it will rear its ugly head. That is wild uh, for Brett Favre to now be lined up behind Aaron Rodgers because historically, those guys have not necessarily gone gotten along because we kind of see history repeating itself here. The Packers drafted Aaron Rodgers to sit behind Brett Favre for a while And now the Packers have done the same thing to Aaron Rodgers, except they're doing it with a 13-3 and team that was in the NFC Championship game. And you just heard that data from me on receivers that Aaron Rodgers has had to throw to. I don't blame him for being upset. I don't blame him for being furious over this. Uh, And so we will see exactly how that continues to shake out. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right battery for your vehicle. When you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool, Tool to finish the job, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and ask about their loaner tool program. Simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool, then get your deposit back when it's returned. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts are knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, friendly. The professional parts people at O'Reilly 
O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. They fight. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, gonna, not the not the Big East tournament. Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, just I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? The whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and who doesn't want better sex? But if you have ED, you may be struggling and dragging your feet on solving the problem. Don't put off having a better sex life any longer. Check out Him Sex Shoes and bring a new level of excitement and confidence to your sex life. The process is simple and 100% online, no uncomfortable doctor's visits. No insurance is needed. Pay one low price for your treatments, online visits, ongoing shipments, and provider messaging. Hims has hundreds of thousands of trusted subscribers, so if ED is getting you down it's time to change that start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash two pros that's h-i-m-s.com slash two pros for your personalized ed treatment options hymns.com slash two pros prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate restrictions apply see website for details and important safety information subscription required price varies based on product and subscription plan sex are compounded products and have not been approved by the FDA. The FDA does not verify the safety or effectiveness of compounded drugs. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Pirelli tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerack.com slash sports to see their pirelli test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerack.com slash sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be I'll keep the coverage rolling here. Appreciate all of you. I am Clay Travis. Uh, we are joined now by Frank Isola at the Frank Isola on Twitter. Frank, I feel like the first question we've asked several days, several weeks in a row now. First of all, thanks for getting up early with us. Second, 
What's the vibe now in New York? Do you feel like uh, the numbers are down in a really, really big way? Uh, down about 75% in terms of total new daily cases. Uh, approaching, thankfully, uh, you know, a 75 or 60% or whatever the heck it is decline in overall deaths. Is it starting to feel normal in New York? It's starting to get there. You know, on Tuesday, Clay, it was a beautiful day, and that was the day they had the flyover with the Blue Angels. Yeah, I saw that. And, and a ton of people were out. So what's going to happen is the month of April, the weather has not been good. But starting this weekend, you could tell there's going to be a long stretch of really good weather. And I, you know, on Saturday, the weather was nice, and a ton of people were outside. I just think people are starting to get a little stir-crazy. So I think uh, people are kind of ready. We'll see what happens on May 15th. But I think New York, just in terms of sporting events and things like that, and restaurants, that's going to be an interesting one. That may take a little bit longer, but you could tell the people getting a little anxious here to loosen the restrictions a little bit. To his credit, Andrew Cuomo has actually been one of the most outspoken governors about the return of sports and how much that could mean for normalcy. Uh, as a guy who spent a long time in New York, what would the Yankees and the Mets playing baseball again uh, especially if they were able to play baseball, even if there were no crowds present in their stadiums, which is one of the latest plans uh, that is out there from Major League Baseball. What would that mean to the city of New York? It would be huge because by now, you know, the Knicks wouldn't have made the playoffs. The Nets would have ended up playing Milwaukee in the first round. They probably would have been eliminated. Who knows what the hockey teams would have done. So that would have been sports for everybody in New York. But like I said, it's funny. The weather in February and March was actually really good in New York. April, it seems like every other day it rains. I can only imagine how many uh, rainouts both teams would have had and how many times it would have played in really nasty weather. But it would be it would be uh, huge. It would be big for the morale of people in the city. I mean, both of those teams have incredible followings. And, you know, come on, Clay, last week you and I were talking a lot about the NFL draft. Now's when people really start settling in for baseball. And the Kentucky Derby has been this week, and which is a huge thing even in New York. So I, I think Andrew Cuomo was right about what both those teams would mean if they got back out on the field that were playing. One of the things that's fascinating to me is how often conventional wisdom can be wrong, even conventional wisdom by people who are quote-unquote experts in their field. And I'm talking about uh, not other things right now, but certainly there's some elements of that. But even the NFL – um, and in particular, we saw guys uh, come out and say, oh, there's no way the NFL should have free agency who are, you know, big time media figures covering the NFL. And then other guys come out and say, oh, the NFL, this is disgraceful that the NFL would consider continue to have their uh, their their draft. You had Roger Goodell from outside of New York in his basement. And I don't know what you thought, but I thought it was a flawless, nearly, NFL draft. When you consider all the moving parts, uh, your employer, ESPN, I thought, uh, you know, absolutely nailed it uh, in terms of, uh, of of all the different moving parts there were and all the different people that they had on that broadcast. NFL Network crew did well. NFL in general did outstanding. And 15.6 million people watched it's the biggest audience to ever watch the NFL draft, I believe. People are hungry for the return of sports, and it seems to me like the message they're giving sports leagues is just figure out a way to get it done, right? I mean, America is yeah. a can-do country, and the NFL, to their credit, got it done. It seems like NASCAR and the PGA and uh, and other events are all working towards getting back. And, uh, and, and I thought the NFL gave a real jolt to everyone out there in terms of uh, the return. 
Yeah, you like a lot of people predicted that the ratings would be off the charts yeah. for the draft, and I I don't I don't know what what was the big deal about them not having a free agency and not having the like why why wouldn't they have free agency yeah why wouldn't you have why why couldn't they operate like business as usual they don't you, they don't conduct free agency in a crowded bar or a crowded restaurant right I get it I'll bet I'll bet you there are some teams that probably wanted to meet face to face with guys but come on we so much communication takes place over the phone between agents and teams and teams could still interview players and football in this country and you live in the south where college football is crazy down there people have an insatiable appetite for football and thankfully football kind of helped carry people through because there was no there was no sports going on anywhere yeah. at the time maybe they were playing soccer in the ukraine i don't know one of those countries <laughs> they were playing but other than that and it's i always i say it all the time the incredible thing about football is they play 16 games and they somehow have turned it into a year-round sport. Yeah. And the free agency worked out perfectly. The draft was it was terrific the draft. I mean, there wasn't that uh, the only thing I'll say about the draft is there wasn't a lot of, you know, we heard so much about would the Lions make a trade? Would you know, could the Giants do something? Everything kind of held form until the Green Bay Packers pick, which I thought I thought the draft was great. It also needed what the Packers did to kind of create a little intrigue as well. What do you think if you're Aaron Rodgers and you see that pick? I mean, to me, it's nothing other than a slap in the face to him. They haven't drafted a first-round offensive talent for him since 2005, which is unbelievable, I think, if you're looking at the Packers and all the success Aaron Rodgers has had. And now as a 36-year-old quarterback, you're drafting his replacement when they're a 13-3 and team coming off of an NFC championship run. It's hard for me to see as this is anything else other than effectively a declaration of war against Aaron Rodgers. I also think there's a bit of a disconnect there, you know, clearly between the coach, management, yeah. and uh, Aaron Rodgers. And I think they're looking at it like, you know, this guy probably had a lot to do with the last coach being fired, Mike McCarthy. And they're probably thinking, you know what, we have to protect ourselves a little bit here. And maybe we need to beat you know, get him out of the door before he gets us out. And I know that uh, Brett Favre made a prediction that he thinks that Aaron Rodgers will finish his career elsewhere. But come on, Clay, we know. I mean, think about the quarterbacks over the years. If you go back to Joe Namath, Johnny Unitas, Joe Montana, hey, the two best quarterbacks of the year are Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. They're both they both finished up elsewhere. So it it happens with a lot of guys. I think there's a very good chance it could happen with Aaron Rodgers. My only thing about him is, and I think Aaron Rodgers has been great it's still hard to believe a guy with that much talent and a guy that a lot of people put in that you know upper echelon of quarterbacks he's only been to one super bowl you could i know you could say the same thing about dan marino who i think now gets kind of lost sometimes in all this uh, quarterback talk but it was it's very interesting but to be fair he was brought in under the same circumstances brett Favre had accomplished a lot and they brought aaron Rodgers in and guess what aaron Rodgers didn't play what for about two years and then, and then he finally got in there. So two years, you know, who's to say that? First of all, who even knows that this guy will be any good? Yeah, Jordan Love. I mean, he did this year. What was it, Clay? He had twenty touchdowns and seventeen interceptions. Those aren't good numbers for a college uh, football player. I understand the year before he was unbelievable. I think it was thirty touchdowns and five interceptions he had. But come on, I mean, maybe that means they believe in Aaron Rodgers for two more years. There's nothing wrong with that. We're talking to Frank Isola at the Frank Isola. You can read him at The Athletic, watch him on television at ESPN, listen to him, Sirius XM, and listen to him as well uh, every Thursday in this uh, this hour. 
So uh, news out uh, that one of my new writers at OutKick uh, got out that the uh, Phil Mickelson-Tiger Woods match uh, alongside of Tom Brady and, uh, and Peyton Manning as well will be happening Memorial Day weekend in Florida. That is the expectation. Uh, will you watch? Or is, is that something that you are intrigued uh, to watch? Because I am. I mean, that, that it's going to be on TNT. I'll definitely kick my feet up uh, on uh, that Memorial Day weekend event and uh, check it out for sure. I will I will watch definitely some of it, especially since there might not be that many sports going on. I think what will be interesting is to hear kind of the back and forth that the players have. Yeah. I th- I think I think that'll be really I don't even it's like Tom Brady even any good at golf. It's not like we don't all know. you ever hear about with Tom yeah. Brady is football and like his diet. Other than that and his, yeah. and his wife. You don't really hear anything else about him. Uh, we've got the last dance continuing, and I know we talked about this last week. We've had four of the ten episodes so far. I'm really enjoying it, but it's basically, let's be honest, a Michael Jordan infomercial. Uh, it Bingo. doesn't mean, doesn't mean <laughs> you know, like this is this is not, um, you know, like I saw where Ken Burns came out and said, and for people out there forgotten, Ken Burns did the Civil War and he did the baseball documentaries. Basically, I would imagine, I think it's hard, I'm, I'm not an expert on documentaries, but I would imagine that, that Ken Burns is probably the number one documentary filmmaker in America in terms of people who have watched i think he did one on country music i mean he's got a ton of them that he has worked on he said uh oh you know this is not a real documentary uh and uh, you know when you give the stars of a documentary the ability to watch the footage and decide what they want in and don't want in that kind of dissuades and detracts from the overall product i still think it's pretty fantastic and we're seeing a lot of things that ordinarily we wouldn't have i think it makes michael jordan look very good but how realistic and representative of real life do you believe it is based on a guy who covered the NBA for a long time? Well, you know, to me it looks like the the classic 30 for 30. I think it's good. I like the 30 for 30 that was done in the Detroit Pistons. And, you know, episode three that would have been, which really three and four, which focused a lot on the Detroit Pistons rivalry with the Chicago Bulls. I thought that, I thought they handled that pretty well. I thought the fact that they – pointed out the thing about the handshake, and then they brought up the footage of the Celtics doing the same thing to the Detroit Pistons. I really think they did a really good job bringing out that rivalry between Isaiah Thomas and Michael Jordan. I covered Isaiah Thomas when he was in New York, and I, you know he and I got into it a bunch of times. I stood there while Isaiah was yelling at me about something. I still get along with Isaiah Thomas. He's one of the more competitive people I've ever been around. He's really proud. He hates the fact, Clay, that Everyone always says Magic, Michael, and Larry, and yeah. they never put Isaiah's name in there. And Isaiah's thing is, hang on a second. In the 80s, Julius won, Julius Irving, uh, Magic won, um, Larry won, and I won. Michael Jordan did not win in the 80s. So why do all you guys comp- you know, put those, those guys together when it's not the case? Michael won in the 90s. It's completely different. So Isaiah's got a lot of pride when it comes to that. And I, I texted him after he came out and was apologizing and all this stuff. I was like, what are you apologizing for? That was like the image that you guys cultivated while you were on that while you were on that team. But I think he feels like maybe the whole Michael Jordan machine is getting him again. I thought I, I think it's a little silly for him to apologize. I like I like Lambeer's reaction. Uh, I'm glad we walked off the court. I, I don't care if people are mad. I don't care if the media doesn't like me. I didn't play to placate the media, but it bothers Isaiah from an image standpoint that he's not put in the same class with those players, and it still bothers him, obviously, about the Dream Team. Are sports better when the competitors genuinely dislike each other? I I think so. And I think, you know, 
like you know, before a game when the guys all meet and it's you know they they're hugging. They like, all have the same go, agents and they have the same uh, training uh, off season uh, and like uh, they're just buddies. Uh, it definitely doesn't feel like they really care as much. Yeah, and I think I think from a uh, perception standpoint. The fans kind of because the fans feel that competitive stuff. You know, the fans in Detroit hate the fans in Chicago, and when the players kind of feed into it, I think that's one of the reasons why that rivalry was so good. I think you see it a lot more in college football. Now, I know people don't like it when the two teams are meeting at midfield and they're screaming at each other yeah. and threatening each other. But there is something about the fact when if, if it could be sports really competitive and not it's not a love fest every two minutes. I think the fans like that a lot more. They want it to be. There's nothing wrong with guys not getting along. And I think Michael Jordan and, Matt, and uh, Michael Jordan and Isaiah, if they see each other, I'm sure they talk. But when they played, I think it was great that they, they the Pistons basically came out and admitted they were trying to basically kill the guy. Any, anytime he went to the basket along the baseline, they said, knock him down. And that's what they did. Would you rather see LeBron James play in the 80s or Michael Jordan play today? Uh, LeBron James in the 80s. Michael Jordan would be fine today. Listen, Michael Jordan was thin. I, I was at all, like I told you, I was at all those games from 90, you know, the player, the finals in 96, 97, 98. Michael Jordan might have been thin, but he was as tough as they come. He would have gone to the foul line, Clay, all the time. He was, think about those games against Detroit when they were, did he ever really back down? Yeah. He took his beating and he kept going. It would, LeBron is a tank. I get it, but it was a little bit different. All the flopping and stuff, that really didn't take place in the 80s. That was more of like when Vlade Divac came to the NBA and Manu Ginobili, then all the American players decided to adopt the art of flopping. It would be, I, I would love to see LeBron play. Physically, he could hang clearly with those players, but mentally, could he put up with it? Because the Celtics did that to him when he was on Cleveland and even on Miami, where they tried to beat him up as much as you could in today's NBA. It would be fascinating to see him play in that year. You you mentioned Jordan and what he would be capable of. Uh, I, I saw, I think Chris Broussard said he thought Jordan would average 40 points a game uh, in today's NBA with the hand check rules uh, with the amount of free throws. I mean, we see James Harden shooting whatever it is, double digit free throws every uh, every game. I feel like Jordan, you're, you're right. Uh, his game would have translated in a really good way, especially young Jordan who got to the basket and finished in such a uh, exuberant uh, fashion so often. I mean, he would have been impossible to stop, wouldn't he? And, you know, there was a point in the documentary, just like what LeBron went through, where people used to say about Michael Jordan, all right, he could dunk and he could win scoring titles, but he really can't lead a team to a championship. And I thought it was great when Michael said that that used to eat me up when people would say that. So when Michael Jordan comes into the league, he's in the slam dunk contest a few times. And he wins that. And then he wins scoring titles. And then there was a time when he actually entered the three-point competition. That's the kind of competitor he was. He's like, people don't really think of me as a three-point shooter. I'm going to become a three-point shooter. So I think in today's NBA, with the three-point shot, that would have been a little bit more of his game as well. But he still would have gone to the basket. And if he went to the basket and even breathed on him, a lot of times that's the way it is with uh, James Harden and LeBron. They send you to the line. He would have spent a lot of time. The games today with Michael Jordan playing would have taken forever because he would have been standing at the free throw line all the time, bouncing the ball. The, the clock would have stopped an awful lot with Michael Jordan in today's NBA. 
Frank Isola, we appreciate the time, my man. Uh, look forward to talking to you again next week and hope things, uh, as the weather gets better in New York, uh, more and more sense of normalcy can start to uh, surround you guys. Same with you, Clay. Stay safe. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right battery for your vehicle. When you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool to finish the job stop by o'reilly auto parts and ask about their loaner tool program simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool then get your deposit back when it's returned need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly the professional parts people at o'reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. You make every play, you call every shot, from choosing trusted financial products to deciding how much and how long to invest, GameBridge puts the power in your hands. No wonder they've earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. They give you the tools you need to save and grow your money with reliable returns and take charge of your financial future. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. So change the game. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Not a website, but a person in your community that would help you for free. Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that's exactly what you'll get. Express Employment Professionals is the local jobs expert you can trust, and they never charge a fee to help you with your job search. Go to ExpressPros.com to find the office near you, or download the Express Jobs app to get started. With a wide range of opportunities in a variety of industries, from welding to sales, for Lift operator to customer service, the team at Express is ready to help you or someone you know take the next career step. Whether you're looking for a contract job or a new full-time role, turn to Express Employment. Interviewing with Express can be as easy as a phone call and one application with Express Employment puts you in the running for numerous opportunities in your community. Don't go in your job search alone. Visit ExpressPros.com, ExpressPros.com today. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Bridgestone tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended and 
installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their Bridgestone test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Man, I felt bad. We'll get into the name, image, likeness stuff in a little bit. But uh, I've been bringing the crew, the California crew. I felt bad for you guys. I hear your governor is going to restrict you even more. Did you see that? Did of you course. see the report that is that? I don't know if that's been officially announced yet, but I hate to be you know for people out there in California who are listening, and I know we have a big, uh, big audience all over the state of California. Has Gavin Newsom gone insane? Clay, I predicted this four weeks ago when we were talking about it going into a Monday show. Remember, I said that the people of California would start rioting. Yeah. I, I just didn't know it was going to be riots on a beach. I mean, so for people out there who haven't paying attention, uh, you guys have finally got good weather. I know it's been rainy in Southern California. And, uh, and so as a result, a lot of people went in Orange County to the beaches, right? I yeah, mean, it's tens hot. of thousands. And I know the feeling. I've got young kids. I'm thinking about going down to the beaches in Florida. There are a lot of people out there that are just like, hey, you know, we're ready to get back to life. And that's particularly the case if you live in a state like California or Tennessee where I am or Florida or Texas or wherever is starting to open up Georgia that hasn't really seen very many coronavirus cases, right? As a percentage of the overall population, there's not New York City, right? New York City has a rate that's totally different than everywhere else. Most of the rest of the country, outside of like Detroit, it's not even very many cities where there've been real issues with the coronavirus and there hasn't been any all over the state of California. Hospitals uh, are are totally like they're furloughing people. We'll talk about this with Dr. Chow, uh, who lives in San Diego in hour three. But, I mean, he talked about this. I mean, far from being overloaded, hospitals are laying off doctors and nurses, nurses all over California. So the report is out there that California, that Governor Newsom, who has been getting praised, but I don't understand why he's getting praised. It seems to me like he's gone power hungry and insane that he's going to now lock down even tighter all state parks and all beaches to prohibit people from being able to go there. I can't argue with the fact that we shouldn't go back to complete normal ways, but at the same time, and you talked with Petros about this a couple of mornings ago, we do have to start getting back to some sort of normalcy. And if you take the precautions and you don't go around the elderly or people who have pre-existing health conditions and you wear a mask, I don't have a problem with getting back outside. And the majority of Californians agree with that sentiment. Yeah, there's no doubt. And also, there's a lot of data that reflects that being outside is safe, much safer than being cooped up in a house in terms of a virus spreading. So the idea that there's going to be, if you've got young kids and you're like, man, I just got to get these kids out of the house uh, because a lot of people, you know, they're in apartments or they're in condos or they're in, you know, there's there's a lot of, uh, there's not a lot of huge yards necessarily in Southern California. Um, And so people want to get their kids out. They want to get them running around, you know, getting them at the beach. If you've got young kids, 
bedtime when those kids aren't tired, <laughs> when they haven't gotten physically exhausted, can be crazy to try to get them to fall asleep. And so a, a day at the beach is a way to oh. uh, is a way to tire out a lot of kids and just have a good cheap family interaction. Yeah, and to your point about not having yards, we have just a little strip of grass in the front of our building and I've literally seen some of the tenants taking turns. They wait for one person to let their dog squat. <laughs> yeah. And then they go and let their dog squat. This little square, this little tiny square of grass and it's like a waiting list to have your dog go poop there. Yeah, I mean, it, it, dogs, I mean, for many people are like the only excuse for exercise. I've never seen so many people going on walks, <laughs> you know? Oh, like, dogs are some of the big winners in this yeah, epidemic. Yeah, dogs big winners. But I mean, like, usually the walk is something that an old person does, right? Like old people like to get out and walk or whatever. I'll tell you this, like sitting in my, uh, like where I sit and eat lunch a lot of times, eat, uh, eat dinner, I can see everybody walking in my neighborhood. I've never seen so many like teenagers just out walking, right? Like just thinking of something desperately to try to be able to do. I'm not talking about jogging or getting like a normal exercise, just like teenagers out just walking around, like trying to do whatever they can to get out of the house. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. This Aaron Rodgers drama is uh, is continuing to grow, and I want to play uh, the Brett Favre take on Aaron Rodgers. Remember, these guys have not necessarily gotten along that well since Aaron Rodgers was drafted to take over for Brett Favre and had to sit behind him. And it seemed like there was a little bit of oil and water in terms of the Brett Favre-Aaron Rodgers relationship. Both guys are going to go to the Hall of Fame. And Packer fans have been spoiled beyond belief to be able to pull off uh, Miami Dolphin fans, I'm sorry to even think about you here, but to be able to pa- pull off the pass from legend to legend, it's not very common that you go from one Hall of Fame quarterback to another with nobody in between. The San Francisco 49ers did it with Joe Montana to Steve Young. How many others can we even think of where we've seen one Hall of Fame quarterback pass the baton to another Hall of Fame quarterback with no challenge in between The Miami Dolphins are an extreme version of this, but what happened with them is typically what occurs. It's hard to have a Hall of Fame level quarterback. The Miami Dolphins haven't had anybody at all who has been very successful since they had Dan Marino back in 1995. We'll see whether Tua is the answer. Uh, But down in Miami, I mean, we're talking about 25 years that the Dolphins have been trying to replace Dan Marino in any kind of way that works, and it hasn't happened, which is why you still see, if you go to any Miami area sporting event, somebody's still rocking the Dan Marino number 13 jersey. Uh, we'll see whether Tua can finally be that bridge to uh, to success, which has just not occurred uh, at all with the Dolphins. But what happened with Aaron Rodgers taking over for Brett Favre is kind of unheard of. Again, we saw it with Montana to Young. Can you guys think of another transition, another one to follow, by the way, that hasn't been able to do this at all is the Denver Broncos. Peyton Manning, a little bit of a, uh, of a bridge there. Uh, and, uh, and, and, but otherwise, everybody young that John Elway himself has tried to draft to replace him has not worked out. There's signs of optimism for Drew Locke. We'll see how that develops. Certainly, the Colts did it with going Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck. Uh, although that was a little bit different because you had a major injury situation with Peyton Manning, which allowed the Colts to get all the way up to the number one pick. 
Uh, and that, frankly, doesn't happen very often when you have a franchise quarterback in place. But now the Packers are trying to do it for a third time and make that transition again. Um, here is Brett Favre talking about it. We're going to bring in the crew and have a big discussion about this uh, situation overall. Uh, but let's go ahead and hear from Brett Favre as he kind of puts this into context. We still have not heard from Aaron Rodgers since the draft on Thursday night when the Packers traded up and took Utah State quarterback Jordan Love. But again, this is Aaron Rodgers now going since 2005 without a first-round talent on the offensive side of the ball. He's only got one touchdown historically from a first-round talent uh, at wide receiver or running back or tight end, which is unheard of for a Hall of Fame player like Aaron Rodgers. The Packers have just given him no talent. Here is what Brett Favre thought as uh, he uh, broke down the decision to trade up and take Air, uh, Jordan Love. And nothing against Jordan Love. I, have not, I mean, no disrespect. But you trade up to get a guy who he may turn out to be great. I hope he does. But you, you, you trade up to get a more of a project. A lot of upside, no doubt about it. But he, he can't help you get to the Super Bowl immediately. They don't draft any weapons not just in the first round, but any weapons that can help immediately. And that just sends a disrespect message to what I would think to Aaron Rodgers. Green Bay's not going anywhere without Aaron Rodgers in the next few years. If he plays like we expect him to play, they got a shot with or without a first-round receiver. He's that good. So I would do all I could to not burn that bridge. And I I, I don't think that they did that. I think that they burned a bridge that, it's going to be hard to uh, overcome. At some point, I think it will rear its ugly head. Uh, good stuff uh, there from Brett Favre. I want to bring in the crew and see what they think about this. Uh, I think Aaron Rodgers has every reason to be furious at the Green Bay Packers. And to me, the Athletic reported this, but it's hard to believe that there's a great relationship between Brett Favre and the management of the Green Bay Packers at this point in time. Uh, and so you look at this right now, and and to me, I mean, this is a uh, this is a mess, right? This is a real mess, and it seems like a declaration of war between Packer management, in particular, new head coach Matt Lafleur and Aaron Rodgers. Danny G, any other way to see this than the way I'm seeing it? I don't think so. There were so many playmakers available in this draft, and I thought for sure the Packers would go for a wide receiver, somebody to help Aaron Rodgers. And also, they could have used some punch on their defense as well, but to go this route was definitely head-scratching. And for Jordan Love, I really was hoping that he would go to a team where he'd only need to sit for one season similar to Mahomes. Yeah. Instead, this seems like a total waste of a rookie deal on Love. I, I agree completely on that. And and honestly, the only way to read this is that the Packers are interested in trading Aaron Rodgers. I think that is the only possible way you can read this where it makes any sense at all. Aaron Rodgers, 36 years old. Maybe there is a team out there that is interested in picking up the phone and trying to trade for him. It sounds crazy. I know because the Packers are coming off of a 13-3 and season. They were in the NFC Championship game. They've got a Hall of Fame quarterback. But you don't sit a first-round quarterback under these contract conditions for multiple years in the modern-day NFL. You just don't do it. 
So, uh, and, and nobody else is going to give a first-round pick for Jordan Love. So it's not as if, you know, th- even though I've ripped the decision of the Philadelphia Eagles to draft Jalen Hurts where they did, and I think it was nonsensical, right? Even at least they got a second-round grade on Jalen Hurts. Now, I think they could have waited and gotten him uh, later in the second round, maybe even in the third round. Uh, but at least they didn't wait waste a first-round pick on him uh, because they have a quarterback who's under a massive deal contract. And so it doesn't make any sense to sit Jordan Love for a couple of years. This is a declaration of war by the Green Bay Packers against Aaron Rodgers. They are letting it be known that they are fine with him being gone. And they basically are picking their young head coach over Aaron Rodgers. And so to me, this is uh, this is a question is, is there somebody else who's going to come in and be interested in trading for Aaron Rodgers? Because otherwise, this doesn't make any sense at all. Because again, you can't trade Jordan Love. If somebody wanted Jordan Love also in the first round, they would have taken him. You know, what did he go? 26 overall for the Packers? If somebody was in love with Jordan Love, the over-under for his draft stock in this draft was 19.5 at Fox Bet. In other words, you bet over-under 19.5. That's the expectation where he's going to go. And if he ends up going at 26, which is, I think, where the Packers took him, that means there were a lot of teams that were in the marketplace for quarterbacks that decided he's not the answer for us. So there's no way to get value out of Jordan Love other than playing him and trading Brett Fa- uh, Aaron Rodgers, which sounds crazy, but is the only play here. Dub, am I insane for saying this is a declaration of war and the only way that I can see it making sense is if they're planning on trading Aaron Rodgers? No, I don't think you're crazy. And I think you just mentioned something that really speaks volumes to this whole situation. The Packers traded up yeah. to get Jordan Love. They only traded up four spots. I mean, they could have waited if they really wanted him to 30 because if if another team really wanted him, like you just said, they would have already had him. He would have been off the board. So this, to me, was more of like a uh, a signal sent to Aaron Rodgers. Hey, we're trading up to get this guy in the first round. Not only are we taking him in the first round, but we're going to trade up to get him. So to me, I don't see it any other way other than what you've just laid out between you know this this declaration of war against Aaron Rodgers and it doesn't make sense another reason is they just gave him a, just a monstrous contract Aaron Rodgers and yes. for them to go out and draft a quarterback in the first round it, it it really does not make a whole lot of sense to me not only that they were in the NFC championship game they were poised to be able to go to a second super bowl with Aaron Rodgers which is hard to do, particularly for an aging quarterback, and give Aaron Rodgers a chance to potentially go out at the peak of his abilities like we saw happen with John Elway, like we saw happen with Peyton Manning, to ride off into the sunset with that second Super Bowl that gives you forever an opportunity to further burnish your legacy. Now, fortunately for Aaron Rodgers, he's won at least one Super Bowl But they're hard to win, Tom Brady notwithstanding. And so having that ability to get to a second Super Bowl, not to mention have a chance to win a second one, puts you into a totally different category historically. And so the fact that the Packers, if they're going to trade up, aren't trading up with this bevy of wide receiver talent that is out there to try to get a lot of opportunities for Aaron Rodgers going forward, I'd be furious. 
And I would be, if I were Aaron Rodgers, calling my agent and saying, let's quietly see if there's a team that is interested in trading for me. Because what the Packers did is tantamount to saying, we don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to be able to lead us to another championship. Because if we did, we wouldn't be thinking about our starting quarterback three years from now in this draft. There are still a lot of dudes who are going to be very talented that are going to be available to be drafted uh, next year and the year after while Aaron Rodgers is still your presumptive quarterback. Making a decision to go quarterback then makes more sense with the money that they've already invested. It doesn't. It just doesn't add up any way other than Aaron Rodgers is available if a team's after him. And by the way, Eddie, you're a fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers still haven't really got a guy who makes sense after Ben Roethlisberger, and he's coming off of a severe injury. I mean, as a Steeler fan, if I'm sitting around and they had gone and gotten Jordan Love, I may not love it, but at least you could say, well, we can't roll with Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges again uh, if we end up with an injury, if Aaron, if uh, Ben Roethlisberger doesn't come back 100% healthy. But it seems like Mike Tomlin and the Steelers weren't even willing to do that to Ben Roethlisberger, maybe because they didn't want to create that stir, and he's coming off of an injury. This is, to me, if you're Aaron Rodgers, an indefensible move by the Packers. Well, yeah, I mean, for the things that have already been talked about, I mean, you you have a team that is a contender in the NFC, and you're going to draft with your number one pick, a player who is uh, unlikely to help you this year or probably next year. I mean, maybe they get him on the field to do some Taysom Hill stuff, but still, how impactful is that going to be? They could have used that pick in a better way. Plus, take into consideration the personality of Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he's not going to just let this pass. I don't believe. This is going to be an issue all season long. They have chosen to make this a distraction as an organization. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, uh, it it is absolutely insane. Roberto, are you with me? I mean, is, is it? let me take a step back here and just get everybody's opinion. If I had told you before the drafting of Jordan Love, if I had come on and I had said, hey, guys, I think the Packers... Are, uh, are putting Aaron Rodgers on the market as a free agent quarterback, not a free agent quarterback, but a draftable quarter, I mean, a, a tradable quarterback. Because of the draft, and they're going to go get a first-round quarterback, they are basically letting it be known to the entirety of the NFL, Aaron Rodgers is available for the right bidder. If I had said that to you, would you have thought I was crazy, Danny G? Oh, 1,000%. That would have been a crazy thing to say, right? Oh, yeah. And I would have proposed that my favorite team immediately tried to give the pick number 12 and 19 to the Packers to acquire Aaron Rodgers. I don't think it necessarily is worth it for, uh, for a team like the Raiders, frankly, which I don't think right now is very close to winning a championship. Oh, they're closer than what you always say. I just, I mean, they're in the same division as Patrick Mahomes. I don't think even if they had Aaron Rodgers that they're going to be better. But I do think there are a lot of teams that would make sense for, let me give you an example. If you told me I was opening a brand new stadium in LA, and the same thing I know is true of the Oakland Raiders, but I think they're going to have a lot more of a fan base in, in, uh, in Vegas now as a, as a member of the Vegas community. If you told me right now as a Charger season ticket holder that I could replace, I know he's an aging quarterback still, but if you told me that I could replace Phillip Rivers with Aaron Rodgers, or with a combo of Tyrod Taylor and Justin Herbert. Who do you think people in L.A. would be more likely to buy tickets to go see, to say nothing of the fact that Aaron Rodgers is obviously, I think, closer to the peak of his ability still 
than uh, than Philip Rivers is. Heck, if I told you in uh, in in Indianapolis that you could have Philip Rivers or you could have Aaron Rodgers, is anybody out there who's a Colts fan to me right now listening saying, "Yeah, I'd rather have Philip Rivers." I mean, think about it in his own division. If you had told Bear fans who have been raked over the coals for you know 15 years or whatever the heck it is by Aaron Rodgers now, 12 or 13 years, that you could replace Mitch Trubisky with Aaron Rodgers, how quickly would Bear fans have been ready to sign those papers as opposed to bringing in Nick Foles? I mean, I think there are just so many teams out there across the NFL that feel like they have decent talent. You know, I'm not talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars, who I think are basically rebuilding right now. But if you have decent talent on your team right now, and you believe, hey, we could make a run to win a division, I don't know how you wouldn't immediately be in the marketplace for Aaron Rodgers if you are uh, if you are those teams. And, and so, Dub, are you with me that if I had come on, like we've been doing bold predictions? And on the Thursday or the Wednesday before the draft last week, I had told you, hey, I think the Packers are moving on from uh, from Aaron Rodgers and he's officially on the market as a tradable player. Would you have thought that I was crazy? I would have thought you were crazy. And I mean, obviously Aaron Rodgers is not the peak Aaron Rodgers that he no once doubt. was, but let's not get it twisted. He, this guy is still a top five or six or seven quarterback in this league. He's better than 90% of the rest of the quarterbacks in the NFL. So I would have thought you were out of your mind. Now, let me just go ahead and poll everybody on the show here as we finish off uh, the segment here and get ready to go talk to John Morosi. Do all of you agree that the Packers have let it be known by drafting Jordan Love that Aaron Rodgers is on the trade block? In other words, that they will field calls uh, if a team is calling in. Like, And people say, well, they're always supposed to field calls. There are lots of teams that would not field a call, right? Like Patrick Mahomes is, the, the the Chiefs are not fielding a call on what to do with Patrick Mahomes. The Seattle Seahawks are not fielding a call with what to do with Russell Wilson. The, uh, you know, as you move across all of the top quarterbacks in this league, they, there are 10 or 12 guys that, you, you, you're not even willing to make that call because you're just going to seem ridiculous calling to ask about it. Aaron Rodgers is unquestionably still one of the 10 best quarterbacks in the NFL, in my opinion, and in the opinion I would think of most people out there who are listening to me right now. There is no way that I would have believed the Packers would be open to trading Aaron Rodgers prior to when I saw them draft Jordan Love. Once that happened, I think the phone should be ringing and may be ringing. Do you agree Danny G, he's on the trade market. I didn't take it like that when I saw them move up and and draft Jordan Love. I took it as Aaron Rodgers thinks he's going to retire as a Packer, and the Packers don't think that. In other words, they think maybe he has another two, three really good seasons left, and that's not... I just don't buy... I understand that argument. I don't buy that you take somebody in the first round and sit him for three years to wait to play. It doesn't. That does. That makes that well. Is but totally Jordan Love illogical. is not. Jordan Love is not ready to go in right now. I understand, this season, one year is by far the peak that you can afford to sit a first round quarterback. Well, and I agree with that a hundred percent. And I think that's what makes this crazy for the Packers. And also means that so he is on the trade block or not. 
no. I think the Packers are are being really stubborn. They want to have their cake and eat it too. Yeah, I I think that a hundred percent. Dub, do you agree with me that he's on the trade block? If he's not right now, then I think as the season progresses, I think this is going to be a total mess in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers because they know their quarterback, they know his personality, and they know that when they draft Jordan Love and trade up to do it, that this is going to cause problems. So I think, uh, yes, Aaron Rodgers will be on the trade block. I'm sorry from an Aaron Rodgers perspective. This is a dude who is willing to write off his mom and dad and his brothers if he gets unhappy with the way that they are acting. And people think that he's okay with the Packers going out and drafting a quarterback to replace him. There's just a 0% chance, in my opinion, that's true. What about you, Eddie? I do not think he's on the trade market right now. They're doing the same thing that they did with Brett Favre. They brought in a quarterback. Era. I don't care. They're, they brought in a quarterback who's going to sit for a couple of years and then replace Aaron Rodgers. Nonsensical to bring in a quarterback in this day and age and have him sit for two years. We haven't even seen it happen in this league uh, going all the way back to that uh, Aaron Rodgers We're going to see it now. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right battery for your vehicle. When you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool to finish the job stop by o'reilly auto parts and ask about their loaner tool program simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool then get your deposit back when it's returned need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly the professional parts people at o'reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. You make every play, you call every shot, from choosing trusted financial products to deciding how much and how long to invest, GameBridge puts the power in your hands. No wonder they've earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. They give you the tools you need to save and grow your money with reliable returns and take charge of your financial future. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. So change the game. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Not a website, but a person in your community that would help you for free. Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that's exactly what you'll get. Express Employment Professionals is a local jobs expert you can trust, and they never charge a fee to help you with your job search. Go to ExpressPros.com to find the office near you, or download the Express Jobs app to get started. With a wide range of opportunities in a variety of industries, from welding to sales, for 
forklift operator to customer service, the team at Express is ready to help you or someone you know take the next career step. Whether you're looking for a contract job or a new full-time role, turn to Express Employment. Interviewing with Express can be as easy as a phone call, and one application with Express Employment puts you in the running for numerous opportunities in your community. Don't go in your job search alone. Visit ExpressPros.com, ExpressPros.com today. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of hand-cooked tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their hand-cooked test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be Joined now by Major League Baseball insider for OutKick, John Morosi at J-O-N-M-O-R-O-S-I. He is up, I believe, in the Ann Arbor area of Michigan. John, thanks for getting up with us. Uh, We got another latest potential plan for Major League Baseball to return. uh, And the idea is uh, 10 teams in the East, 10 teams in the Central, 10 teams in the West, all playing at home is this kind of what you're hearing? What's the latest uh, on your end? Well, good morning, Clay. I, I think this is one of many scenarios that still exists uh, in, in the planning stages. I think everything is still on the table, and we're still several weeks away from knowing really what baseball's top choice is going to be. Uh, this is certainly the last, the last one to come out, and it's a it's a very appealing one to a lot of people because it feels something like normal, at least in terms of the structure and, and players playing in their home stadiums, albeit with no fans, uh, it, it really, I'm sure for a lot of people around the industry, and I know this is a fact because I've had agents and other team executives say, hey, this, this really excites me, but there's a lot of layers of this that would uh, have to be assessed before anything got to the point where we said this was the most likely scenario or a favorite scenario of all the ones that have been mentioned. And certainly we have to be mindful of the ongoing health reality as it's unfolding. And uh, I know uh, Dr. Fauci had an interview this week with the New York Times in which uh, there were a lot of notes of caution sounded about the overall viability of sports coming back this year. So uh, the plan, while inspiring a lot of optimism, I think we're, we are far away, Clay, from being able to say that it's the most likely one or the one that's uh, it's got the best chance to be put into actuality. Is it fair to say that players – Uh, basically have rejected the idea of the first report that was floated, which was Arizona, everybody quarantines, and every game is played in Arizona? I don't think they have yet. Uh, Obviously, it's not their first choice. They would like to be with their families. Uh, They'd like to be able to uh, have some degree of of liberty away from the ballpark and the hotel where they'd be staying. Uh, But I don't think that it's been rejected out of hand yet in a, in a large way. We've certainly seen players voicing their 
frustration and and uh, and concern about that sort of plan and and you've got players who have wives who are pregnant uh, this year and are are due to give birth this summer uh, what would they do in that circumstance so there are so many different factors to be considered there clay and and i think that certainly that's not their first choice but if if it's six weeks from now and and uh, rob manford and tony clark as the heads of mlb and the union get together and say this is the only way that we can play this year what do we think um then i i i think there's gonna have to be a pretty robust conversation about it and i also believe clay that we don't know again where the where the disease transmission rate will be in in the summer and, and what the latest projection will be at that point in time because maybe they say well we're going to begin in this in in this quarantine situation but we're hopeful that by the second month or the third month that we'll be able to go back to your home cities there's just there's so many different scenarios there that, that perhaps some combination of of what has come out now and and, and Bob Nightingale's story plus uh, the the original Arizona story or the Arizona plus Florida story it, the, the season could be some amalgamation of of multiple proposals based on what the reality is concerning COVID nineteen uh, transmission and and infection rates at that point in time so there's so many variables and, and I think the the biggest one too Clay is that the commissioner has said publicly uh, that, that baseball is not going to be able to come back until uh, the league has assurances that the testing needed to be put in place for the league to operate would not be compromising the overall t- testing for society at large. And, and I think that uh, based on what the health experts have said, uh, that standard is not yet close to being met right now. All right. So what's happening in terms of baseball player salaries? I want to circle back around because I know there's been some discussion about this, but if you have no home crowds and uh, if television money is starting to get squeezed now, and I don't know if you've been paying attention to this, John, but but I have, uh, the New York Attorney General came out yesterday after we talked some about this on the radio program and said, wait a minute, why are cable and satellite subscribers paying full price when there's no actual live sports on the channels that have promised live sports? And maybe that's okay for a couple of weeks, but now we've moved into the whole month of April. It looks like for much of May, the same thing is going to be true. Certainly for half of March, we already saw that. And they're starting to demand refunds. I know there uh, there are a lot of lawyers thinking about filing class action lawsuits on behalf of cable and satellite subscribers. Why does that matter? Well, ultimately, the people who are paying pro athlete salaries right now are you and me. Because there are no tickets. Uh, the teams are starting to refund the cost of tickets for season ticket holders and everything else. But the television money in some way is still there, which allows some salary be pay- being paid. Do we know what percentage of Major League Baseball player salaries are being paid and are planned to be paid as we move further into uh, the summer? Well, the interim plan uh, that, that was agreed upon back in March uh, involves the players... Uh, getting some portion of their salary. It was tiered, as you'll recall, based on service time and and the veteran players on down to those who are on the 40-man roster with no major league experience. So that those payments are going out, but it's obviously just a percentage of what the salary would be for the year. Do we know what that percentage is? And that's done through May. 
That's done through May. So th- there is a lot of question, Clay, as to what's going to happen uh, June 1 uh, if we're still in this situation. Um, and, and there's also the question of uh, once play returns, and, and I do believe there's going to have to be a separate conversation between MLB and the union about, okay, if there are no fans in the stadium, which certainly appears to be likely if, if we see baseball this year, um, what does the salary structure look like? And there's obviously going to be two different perspectives there between MLB and the union, and and really at this point in time, Clay, it's anyone's guess how that conversation is going to play out based on uh, what the understanding is of the revenue model. Uh, reports say that uh, as much as 40% of baseball team revenues come from the gate, the, the attendance. So uh, if that's the case, then you're down to only uh, 60% of what your revenues used to be uh, by that measure. Uh, what what then should the, the payout be on a salary? Should Mike Trout still get his full salary on a prorated basis if there are no fans in the stands? And I think that, that frankly, Clay, is something that uh, the league and the union uh, have not yet gotten to talk about from from my understanding in terms of what the the plan would be going forward and the economics of it but i i do expect that to be a very uh spirited discussion that whenever it does happen here as we move closer to what we hope will be opening day of 2020 yeah what's interesting about this john is we've seen before that the nfl and the nba for instance don't have very strong unions And so any lockout or any shutdown of play, eventually those leagues kind of come back to the owners hat in hand and say, let's get a deal done. Major League Baseball has a stronger union. But I'm just curious on on this uh, this perspective. Uh, As you said, they're being paid through the end of May uh, right now. Let's say it's June 1 now, right? What percentage of people, because I think the spigot is close to running dry. I don't know why... Major League Baseball television contract money is going to continue to arrive if the television spigot's getting turned off. What percentage of Major League Baseball players do you think could afford if they only made 25%, let's say, of the salary they're expecting in a year? Well, it's a great question. And, because, uh, and sorry, let me, consider, let, me, let, me cut you, uh, let me cut you off for a sec. The reason why I'm asking that for people out there who might be listening is, Right now, it doesn't seem like a lot of players are like, financially, we need to get back, right? Uh, And that's why I let up with a prelude. A lot of people out there who are listening to us right now as we get ready for the unemployment report and potentially go over 30 million people lost jobs, a lot of people out there are like, man, I got to go back to work to take care of my family. I don't have months or years of salary that I've saved up so that I can just ride this out. A lot of people think, oh, Major League Baseball players, pro athletes in general, they make enough money such that they don't have to work in any given year. I don't know necessarily that that is true if suddenly you told them, hey, you're only going to make 20 or 25% of what you were expecting this year, especially for some of the younger guys and the ones who aren't making $20 million a year. How many of them do you think need to work? That's the prelude for that question. No, it's a very fair question, and and the, the number of players that that have the the minimum salary, which is just to use round numbers, around a half a million dollars a year. So uh, obviously, a quarter of that would mean that they would they would get uh, about one hundred twenty five thousand dollars. Let's say just for yeah. just to use round numbers for the year, and and uh, for for many families, uh, that's sufficient. Obviously, and for for many, it's it's maybe not depending on. 
the lifestyle they've had and where they live and 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 some of their expenses. So it, it's it's a it's a great question, Clay. It's hard to really pin down that exact number, but I I do think this that the more restrictive the concept is for return to play. If it is the the one site and it's Arizona and hotels and no one's playing a home game really all year except for the Diamondbacks, then I, I think that we will see, I, I really believe this, some sort of allowance or provision for players who simply don't feel comfortable playing under those circumstances. And maybe it's a player who's a veteran who's got three or four or five kids at home and, and just says, you know what, under the circumstances, I'm not comfortable being away for that long. I've played in the league for, for 12 years. Um, what, from a contractual standpoint, happens to that player who, who just objects uh, to the notion of, of being away for that long? I, I really think that, that that question, from what I can read on it, Clay, was not really covered in a comprehensive fashion in the, in the March agreement because, really, they were just trying to find a way to, to keep the lights on, so to speak, and make sure that things were, were safe where they had to be so that way when they came back to it, the, the shop still looked like the shop, to, to use the expression of, of just closing up a business for a time, for a period of time. And so I think that those, those players, Clay, it's, you're asking a great question, and I think like a lot of things right now, we don't know the full answer as to what those players would, would be looking at in terms of when they come back. But I do think it's important for any agreement, the more restrictive it is, and if, you, if the, the word is you've got to be in Arizona for four months and not see your family, I, I, I'm quite sure that there are players that would say, yes, I'll do it, especially the ones that are younger and maybe don't have kids yet and, and, and for whom the, the money is more important. And there are many on the opposite side who already have kids at home and have, have made a lot of money already who say, you know what, I'm going to need an exemption for the year. I'll, I'll see you guys in 2021. And I think that we're going to have to collectively be okay with some of our favorite players maybe saying, I, I just can't play under these circumstances, but I want to come back and have a spot in the league for 2021. John Morosi, final segment, Hour 2, next. This is Outkick. This is Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, O-O-O-O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right battery for your vehicle. When you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool, Tool to finish the job, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and ask about their loaner tool program. Simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool, then get your deposit back when it's returned. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts are knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, friendly. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at OReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's OReillyAuto.com slash 2pros.
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. You make every play, you call every shot, from choosing trusted financial products to deciding how much and how long to invest, GameBridge puts the power in your hands. No wonder they've earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. They give you the tools you need to save and grow your money with reliable returns and take charge of your financial future. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. So change the game. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Not a website, but a person in your community that would help you for free. Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that's exactly what you'll get. Express Employment Professionals is the local jobs expert you can trust, and they never charge a fee to help you with your job search. Go to ExpressPros.com to find the office near you, or download the Express Jobs app to get started. With a wide range of opportunities in a variety of industries, from welding to sales, for forklift operator to customer service the team at express is ready to help you or someone you know take the next career step whether you're looking for a contract job or a new full-time role turn to express employment interviewing with express can be as easy as a phone call and one application with express employment puts you in the running for numerous opportunities in your community don't go in your job search alone visit expresspros.com expresspros.com today Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of hand-cooked tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerack.com sports to see their hand-cooked test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerack.com sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be Eddie Garcia, what you got for me? A couple NFL notes. Tampa Bay Buccaneers have picked up the fifth-year option on the contract of tight end O.J. Howard. The Atlanta Falcons uh, apparently will not be picking up the fifth-year option on the contract of linebacker Tack McKinley. Now back to Clay Travis and the Geico Outkick the Coverage Studios. Yeah, it's interesting with those five-year options. Uh, for people out there who are wondering what the situation is, when you draft a uh, player in the first round of the NFL draft, you have an option to, uh, to pick up his fifth year. Uh, You get a four-year guarantee when you are a first-round pick, and then the option is for a fifth year. And a lot of quarterbacks have gotten this attention, but increasingly we're seeing a lot of of players not necessarily get grabbed on that fifth-year option, which allows them to be a free agent. Uh, And that, for instance, is how Jack Conklin, who was a right tackle for the Tennessee Titans, ended up signing with the Cleveland Browns in his fifth year because the team didn't decide to pick up his fifth-year option. For quarterbacks... It tends to be a really good deal, but we were just talking about uh, the decision by the Green Bay Packers to draft Jordan Love. So, for instance, if they sit him for two years, 
let's just say they sit him behind Brett Favre for two years. One of the sorry, Aaron Rodgers behind behind Aaron Rodgers two years. One of the big advantages to drafting a young quarterback in the first round is you get him for five years at a salary that is drastically under what the market would be for a top young quarterback. That's how the Seattle Seahawks ran and were able to win a Super Bowl with Russell Wilson. Even though he got injured, that's the financial flexibility that allowed Carson Wentz and the Philadelphia Eagles to win a title. That's the financial flexibility that allowed Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs to win a title. That's at least three recent situations where a young quarterback under a contract that is drastically below what his market value would be has given a team flexibility to win and win now. When Patrick Mahomes is going to have a $40 million contract, things can change in a hurry. We know with Deshaun Watson and with Dak Prescott, for instance, those guys were initially under very affordable deals, and now they're going to be under much higher dollar deals in the future. So the advantages that the Houston Texans had, for instance, and also that the Dallas Cowboys had in terms of what they were paying their quarterback are disappearing. So to me, that's another reason why the Aaron Rodgers uh, anger should be very valid because even from a business perspective and why I think he has to be on the trade market, even from a business perspective, it doesn't make sense to draft a first-round quarterback and sit him for a couple of years because the real value for a first-round quarterback in the NFL right now is his rookie deal. So if you're committed to Aaron Rodgers, like the Green Bay Packers are under the contract that they're paying him for at least two more years, unless you trade him, then there's no that you're losing half the value of drafting a first round quarterback. It's thoroughly nonsensical what the Packers did, given what they're already paying Aaron Rodgers. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Talk about some of the quarterback drama that's out there right now uh, in the NFL. First of all, Jameis Winston decides to sign with the New Orleans Saints for under a million dollars a year. This is a guy who was hoping to make $30 million a year uh, if he had been re-upped in uh, Tampa Bay. Instead, I believe it speaks to the lack of quarterback market in general that's out there that we still have Cam Newton, Andy Dalton, and uh, and Joe Flacco sitting around without teams, and that Jameis could only get $955,000 uh, in his new contract with the Saints. Now, to his credit, Jameis Winston trying to put a good spin on it by saying that he's excited to go play for the Saints, uh, and I believe we have audio of Jameis Winston talking about being excited to head to play for the Saints. We have a Hall of Fame quarterback and a future Hall of Fame coach. That's very intriguing for a, a young quarterback like myself. And also, I've been playing against this defense uh, the, for the past five years, and they continue to get better and be dominant. This is a this is a Super Bowl contending team, and, uh, and I'm just happy to be a, a part of that. First time I met Drew was in 2006. I was the first kid to get his autograph. But uh, I met Drew pre-draft back in San Diego. And uh, we got a chance to talk at the Rock Church with uh, Miles McPherson in San Diego. And uh, ever since then, he's, he's always been a guy that I can hit up during the season and ask, ask a question, and he'll get back with me. So Jameis Winston to the Saints, we didn't talk about it a ton, 
But the Saints gave Taysom Hill $16 million this year uh, as their backup. It feels a little bit like what happened with Jacoby Brissett in uh, in Indianapolis where the team said, hey, you know, I know you've been underpaid for several years and we're hopeful that maybe you're the guy in the future. In the meantime, here is $16 million guaranteed. So a big monster contract, dollar figure-wise anyway, for Taysom Hill. But Drew Brees is 41 years old. He's got a two-year contract, but how many more years is he going to play given the fact that he already has now signed a deal with NBC Sports to do television commentating when his career is over. Uh, We don't know. But if he, for instance, is only going to play one more year, then that job would be wide open and Jameis Winston is hoping that he can audition and end up with that job and maybe, maybe be the Teddy Bridgewater or Ryan Tannehill of 2020 a guy who gets an opportunity to demonstrate that he is still a high-caliber quarterback. Remember, Teddy Bridgewater got effectively, I believe it was like $60 million from uh, the Carolina Panthers as a result of how he did stepping in for Drew Brees during the injury already. We know that Ryan Tannehill got $91 million guaranteed stepping in for Marcus Mariota. Uh, after the uh, after the decision to bench Marcus Mariota six games into last season, Tannehill took the job, ran with it, and uh, and got rewarded amply for it. Uh, and both of those guys were it was unclear what the future would hold for them uh, when they signed their deal with the New Orleans Saints and Tennessee Titans, respectively. So that is what Jameis Winston is trying to pull off. We have talked a ton about uh, the decision uh, that was out there by uh, the Green Bay Packers today in the program to trade for uh, a, uh, a pick, the 26th overall in the first round, to be able to go get Jordan Love and how that struck Aaron Rodgers. There's a lot of smoke suggesting that things are not going well in Green Bay between Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur. It's now been nearly a week since that first round pick was made by the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers has still not said anything publicly at all about that situation and Brett Favre weighed in uh Brett Favre obviously was in a similar situation where Aaron Rodgers was drafted to take over for him there has been a lot of tension between those two guys over the years here is uh what that sounded like with uh Brett Favre reacting and predicting what he believed the future held for Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay and nothing against Jordan Love. I have not, I mean, no disrespect. But you trade up to get a guy who he may turn out to be great. I hope he does. But you 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 trade up to get a more of a project. A lot of upside, no doubt about it. But he he can't help you get to the Super Bowl immediately. They don't draft any weapons, not just in the first round, but any weapons that can help immediately. And that just sends a disrespect message to what I would think to Aaron Rodgers. Green Bay's not going anywhere without Aaron Rodgers in the next few years. If he plays like we expect him to play, they got a shot with or without a first-round receiver. He's that good. So I would do all I could to not burn that bridge. And I I, I don't think that they did that. I think that they burned a bridge that's going to be hard to uh, overcome. At, At some point, I think it will rear its ugly head. 
I agree with Brett Favre. The show was split on this. I believe that Aaron Rodgers now is officially on the trade block because the economics behind drafting a quarterback in the first round don't allow you to have a quarterback sit for more than a year. I know Patrick Mahomes set for a year behind Alex Smith to get ready. Maybe they think Jordan Love needs a year or so to become ready. But to me, this is a clear declaration of war against Aaron Rodgers and his agent and representation needs to be working behind the scenes and saying, hey, is it time for me to move on from Green Bay at the age of 36? The Packers have not drafted a first-round offensive weapon for Aaron Rodgers since 2005. In his entire career, he's thrown one touchdown pass to a first-round draft pick, which is unheard of uh, for a Hall of Fame quarterback. This is, to me, a slap in the face, a declaration of war between the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers over the fate and future of their quarterback, who was in the NFC Championship game one game away, even though they got whipped from playing in the Super Bowl. And I don't know how this thing ends, but I don't see Aaron Rodgers finishing his career in Green Bay. All right, that is all the drama. I'm going to get a lot into this name, image, and likeness situation. And also, we'll talk about whether college football, I believe, is going to return based on a lot of the tea leaves that are out there. Uh, By the way, I know I've teased it. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Uh, I promise you that I will get to it. But our old friend Peter King, who if you haven't heard the interview when Peter King was on uh, the radio program, uh, our old friend Peter King is still taking shots on Twitter. Uh, and uh, and and I loved this last night. So uh, props to the state of Florida. The state of Florida is opening back up, I believe it is on Monday, 25% uh, openings for retail and for, uh, and for restaurants in the state of Florida. Uh, and so things will be getting back to normal. The beaches are open, unlike in California, where it sounds like uh, Armageddon is about to set in over Governor Gavin Newsom's continued restrictions uh, for people who are waking up on the West Coast. There's a report last night that the beaches were going to be shut down in uh, California uh, as well as all the walking uh, par- uh, trails in state parks and, and everything else as uh, it prepares. What, what's the weather going to be in California this weekend? Super nice, right, Danny G? It is. It's going to be warm again. Like in the 80s, right? Yes. Uh, and we talked about this earlier, but when you hear basically you can't go outside and go anywhere, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of uh, there were a lot of people at the beach in Orange County already this past weekend Gavin Newsom was not happy about it and word is that they're going to issue new restrictions against people being able to go outside it's not going to help we're going to see a rerun of what happened last weekend there will be tens of thousands of people on the Orange County beaches and the question will be are they going to arrest people are they going to give them violations of this policy Uh, I'm curious. I want to bring in the California crew as we get ready for the Peter King thing. And we'll talk to Dr. Chow. I'm actually curious what he thinks about this uh, down in San Diego where they've had virtually no outbreak either. Uh, But Eddie and Roberto, when you guys hear this, does it seem like a good decision by the governor of California? I'll go with you, Eddie. Well, it depends on what is going on on the beaches. As far as I know, the CDC has not given the clear for people to gather in groups. Uh, So if that's going on, I understand where he's coming from with that. So I I don't I'm not I'm not going to the beaches. You guys know I've talked about this. My wife is high risk with lung issues, so it's not affecting us. So I haven't been paying too much uh, too close of attention to it. But if people are are not doing the social distancing and they're still going to go to the beach, then 
I understand closing the beach. Do you think they should be arrested? No, I don't think. They no, should definitely be not. Just, just don't, just deny their access to the beach. But I don't know how, and it's an interesting question. How do you deny access to the beach? Uh, I, I assume you. Well, you can't close down parking. Would be one thing to do. Yeah, I can see closing down parking. But if somebody walks to the beach, I know you can put up a barricade. But you know, like people have boats, right? So, I, I the whole thing of shutting down the beach to me seems. I'm going to just be honest, utterly insane, right? Like, I understand if, like, you're like, hey, we can't have big concerts on the beach. Or, uh, you know, like, we have a place down in Florida, and they said, hey, we're not going to allow bonfires on the beach uh, during this process. And we're asking people who are on the beach to not be in groups of larger than 10, right? Like, these are the restrictions that Florida, the county that we have a place in in Florida, has put in. I was reading them yesterday. So we have a place in Walton County, which is down uh, near, uh, if people know, like the Destin, Florida area, uh, the 30A beaches. We have a place down there, right? And so we get all the emails about what's going on in the state of Florida. And so the restrictions that they have put in place on the beaches of Florida now seem utterly reasonable to me okay i know people are like oh my god look at people they're on the beach it's like you can walk on the beach you can go into the water you can do your normal beach activities but they're asking people to not be in groups of larger than 10 which you know that to me makes sense uh and they're also asking people to try to not be like basically laying on top of each other right like you're supposed to try to distance yourself from the people who are next to you which honestly is something that people tend to do normally, right? Like uh, I was in uh, uh, in Manhattan Beach uh, for July 4th uh, in, in the California. I spend a lot of time out in California through the television show and Fox Sports and everything else. I love it out there. Love LA. Um, but even on July 4th, when the beach is super crowded, right? Like basically the entire of, of LA ends up on the beach. The beaches are still deep and wide enough that you're not really directly on top of other people. I mean, the entire purpose of going to the beach is not to be... It's the same thing, by the way, in restaurants. Like, I I tell my wife all the time, I don't want to go to a restaurant if somebody can overhear everything that I say at the table. I just That's not something that interests me. Like, if I'm going to go to a restaurant with my friends and my wife or whoever else, I don't want to be talking with my wife about, you know, things in our life and have somebody that I can basically touch knees with so, like, the idea of social distancing in general makes a lot of sense to me. In fact, my favorite restaurant to go to in Nashville, I pick it because I can go and I can have a business conversation and everybody can't overhear what I'm saying, right? That's why it's my favorite. Same thing with beach. Like, I don't want to go to the beach and not be able to move because somebody that I don't know is so close to me, right? That seems eminently reasonable to me, what Florida is doing with their beaches, compared to what California is doing. And by the way, I don't blame people in Orange County. As somebody who has three kids, uh, I would want to get my kids out on the beach as well. So I think what we're headed for is a uh, a lot of civil disobedience because I think there are going to be a lot of people in California who when it's 90 degrees or 85 degrees or whatever it is this weekend, they're going to say, what in the world do you want me to do that you're asking me to stay inside my house as opposed to being able to go out if I'm young and healthy. Now, if you're old and immune suppressed or you have issues with your health, then yeah, take control of your health and don't make the decision to go out in a dangerous way. But if you're young and healthy, you legitimately, I think, have zero to fear. I mean zero. Zero to fear from going to the beach. 
Eddie, you got a three-year-old. I mean, would you like to be able to take her to the beach? Oh, me? You mean yeah. me? Uh, uh, yeah, but we're not really uh, we're not really be- uh, beach people to go to the beach, but my daughter really is uh, really wants to go to places, though. She's already asked me, yeah. when are we going to go to Universal Studios? When are we going to go here? When are we going to go there? And when you're talking about access, it's funny. I started laughing because when everything started closing, everything was being denied. Uh, we told my daughter, oh, we can't go to the park. The park's closed. And she's like... How can the park be closed if it doesn't have any any doors or any windows? Like, yeah. how can it be closed? It's a good question. <laughs> Clay, do you think 15 degrees will make any sort of difference? Because I was looking at the the weather forecast for the valley, which we talked about on Monday's show. If it's super hot, yeah. in the San Fernando Valley in the Inland Empire, then people flee to the beaches. Yeah, it's going to be 79, 80 degrees in the valley on okay. Saturday. That's not super hot. No, I mean, not at all. In the scheme of things. Not so when it got to the lower mid nineties last weekend, people were all searching for relief there by the water. I wonder if that's going to help the situation at all this weekend. Well, yeah, hopefully, because uh, I like I, I think it's crazy that look um government derives its power from the consent of the governed right and that's a complicated phrase that basically comes from jefferson i think thomas jefferson uh, uh and so i believe there are lots of people out there who are and, and it's not just me by the way you can tell by data they can track a certain number of cell phones and see how far people are going from their homes if you constantly tell people something is not safe and they don't see it after whatever it is now six weeks in california and many other states people start to rebel against the restrictions that they have been put under and so i think that good governoring and good leadership requires that you understand the way your populace is feeling and there are different things that could apply right if i'm in new york and I'm in New York City, and I see the amount of infection and issues that have existed in New York City, I'm going to be more willing to accept restrictions than I am if I live in California or Texas or Florida, where virtually nothing has happened, right? In the grand scheme of things, as a percentage of the population, there has been almost no outbreak to speak of in the state of California, where 39 million people live, in the state of Texas, where 30 million people live, and in Florida, where I think 26 or 27 million people live. These are three of the biggest states in the entire country. And if I'm looking around and I live in California, I'm saying, wait, Texas is opening up. Florida is opening up. How in the world does our governor expect us not to open up? Particularly, I would say, in California, where we now know this virus was circulating as recently uh, or as far ago far far uh, ago in months as January and maybe even in December there were, they now have gone back into the autopsy records and they have found people were dying of the coronavirus in California in early February meaning there was community exposure in January well that means the virus was circulating in January and in February and there was no outbreak in California to speak of. And then in March, it shut down. So all of March and all of April, you're now talking about at a minimum, the coronavirus having been present and circulating in January, February, March, April, and we're about to enter into May. That's almost five months, not even counting whether it might have been around in December. 
And I think a lot of logical, reasonable people in California are saying, why in the world are our restrictions being increased while other places are starting to lessen their restrictions that have had similar levels of infection? And one of, and one of the answers is, I think, unfortunately, this is turned political, right? Uh, and I kind of figure everything turns political eventually, but it has turned into, if you are a Democrat, and Gavin Newsom is a Democrat, he is like, we're going to keep restrictions as draconian as possible. And if you are a Republican, you are more likely to be opening up those restrictions. And unfortunately, uh, our, uh, our good buddy Peter King uh, decided that uh, when he came on the show, if you haven't listened to that interview, I think you need to go listen to it. It was absolutely, uh, it was absolutely fantastic because I think it let you into the window of the mind of people like Peter King in this country who are making decisions not based on logic, but are making decisions based on politics. And my argument is always, you have to make decisions based on logic, not what a political leader says. And so uh, Peter King uh, said uh, that, uh, I'll I'll share what he tweeted after I I talked to him, but Peter King came on the show and he didn't want to talk about Donald Trump making decisions that were beneficial to the country at all. So we moved the conversation forward and I said, okay, let's give credit to governors then and here is what that conversation sounded like. You want to give credit to the governors and, you know, you can say, look, Gavin Newsom did a good job. You can say Andrew Cuomo did a good job. You might even be able to say Ron DeSantis did a good job because the numbers are not very bad. I would not say, I would absolutely would not say that Ron DeSantis did a good okay. job. But my question he was is. a day late and $40 short. So Peter King ripping the Florida governor. And you heard me there, right? Last, two weeks ago. I was trying to give credit to, uh, to uh, Gavin Newsom, governor of California, who happens to be a Democrat, giving credit to Andrew Cuomo, governor of New York, who happens to be a Democrat as well. And I just mentioned one Republican governor there, Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, and Peter King lost his mind. I'm being bipartisan, fair, trying to be even-handed, which is what I try to do on the show. And Peter King immediately loses his mind because he's got Trump derangement syndrome and every Republican is awful. Well, yesterday, Florida announced that they're opening up their state. And the data on this is wild. All right. These are uh, fatalities per 100,000 people in the population. Okay. This is the data that I hit Peter King with. I said, hey, Peter King, last night, I was like, hey, do you want to take back your criticism of Governor Ron DeSantis when you came on the show? Play that clip one more time for you. This was Peter King when he came on the radio show after he'd been ripping me on Twitter, after he'd been ripping me in his column. If you haven't listened to that entire interview, frankly, Peter King was destroyed. But this is one small part of it. I'm trying to give credit to governors. You want to give credit to the governors and, you know, you can say, look, Gavin Newsom did a good job. You can say Andrew Cuomo did a good job. You might even be able to say Ron DeSantis did a good job because the numbers are not very bad. I would not say, I would absolutely would not say that Ron DeSantis did a good okay. job. But my question is... a day late and $40 short. All right, Peter King says that, uh, that Ron DeSantis didn't do a good job, all right? Adjusted for population per 100,000 people. Ron DeSantis and the state of Florida, 5.2 deaths per 100,000 people from the coronavirus. Andrew Cuomo, who Peter King believes has done an incredible job, 
117.5 deaths per 100,000 people. 117.5 per 100,000 for New York, 5.2 for Florida. Now look, I think there are certainly many different factors at play here. I think the density of New York City works against it. I think public transportation works against New York City and the prevalence of that public transportation. I also think the weather. I think it's better to be outside in general when it comes to infections than it is inside. And that's what we see with almost all viruses is that they spread more the more time people spend inside. And so how in the world... Can somebody like Peter King, who considers himself to be an educated person and who loves to be political and who loves to rip me all the time, how in the world can you see that data and respond as Peter King did, refusing to give credit at all? And he tweeted me last night, I see your blind sheep are out in force tonight, Clay Travis, because you guys rolled in with Peter King and absolutely lit him up and Baba Black Sheep I guess because damn I just Scotty Pippen Peter King aka Patrick Ewing all over again all balls to the face style data dunked on him I mean that's the truth and so one of the things you have to decide and you are deciding because the numbers reflect it is who do you trust do you trust people like me who look at the data and try to be fair and even-handed, regardless of who the background is of the person who's involved? Or do you trust people like Peter King who has an agenda? And I think the numbers reflect that there is a great demand for reasonable people in what is a very unreasonable time. I don't even have to be a hot take artist. We dominate on this show by just being reasonable. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right battery for your vehicle. When you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool, tool to finish the job stop by o'reilly auto parts and ask about their loaner tool program simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool then get your deposit back when it's returned need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly the professional parts people at o'reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. 
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. You make every play, you call every shot from choosing trusted financial products to deciding how much and how long to invest. GameBridge puts the power in your hands. No wonder they've earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. They give you the tools you need to save and grow your money with reliable returns and take charge of your financial future. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. So change the game. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Not a website, but a person in your community that would help you for free. Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that's exactly what you'll get. Express Employment Professionals is the local jobs expert you can trust, and they never charge a fee to help you with your job search. Go to ExpressPros.com to find the office near you, or download the Express Jobs app to get started. With a wide range of opportunities in a variety of industries, from welding to sales, for Lift operator to customer service, the team at Express is ready to help you or someone you know take the next career step. Whether you're looking for a contract job or a new full-time role, turn to Express Employment. Interviewing with Express can be as easy as a phone call and one application with Express Employment puts you in the running for numerous opportunities in your community. Don't go in your job search alone. Visit ExpressPros.com, ExpressPros.com today. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of general tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerack.com sports to see their general tires test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerack.com sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be Dr. Chow, let's dive right into it. What is the latest on uh, the city of San Diego? You work in and around a hospital. Uh, are things getting back to normal for elective surgeries? Uh, what is the latest as you see it? We're moving in that direction. Uh, I, we're not fully there yet. But even as elective surgery starts to be officially allowed, uh, what I see is there's still a lot of patients that are worried. Yeah. They're not, it's not like, uh, uh, as hospitals turn on the spigot and surgery centers turn on the spigot that they're overflowing with patients, even though you think there'd be a backlog. I think there's still a lot of people that are, uh, cautious uh, uh, about it. And there's still some mixed messages. I, I don't know the details yet. My wife just told me this last night. So I haven't checked into it, but beaches have reopened in the city of San Diego, but you can't 
sit on the sand. You have to be exercising there in the water. But apparently the governor just announced last night he's closing down beaches again. So I, I, I'm not sure in, in that respect. Yeah. But, so there's certainly some mixed messages. No doubt. We were just talking about that. That was the report that came out last night. I don't know that it's officially official been announced by California, but that was the report uh, that, that was circulating last night. Uh, you're a doctor. I believe you have three young kids. Uh, are you afraid for yourself or for those kids uh, when you walk outside of your house in the morning from the uh, no, coronavirus? I, I, no, I am not afraid for them. I certainly have concern. Uh, I had a significant concern where I kept the seven, seven, and three-year-old away from both sets of uh, grandparents. Uh, right. My dad, my dad had passed away. My mom's eighty. I, I kept them away for for uh, well over a month, even though technically with family, you, you know, there's some ability to see each other. I, I wanted to be very careful there, but uh, you know, on a day-to-day basis, I do see more cars on the road. Uh, there is a little more traffic. But one thing, like I'm not being political about any of this, and uh, but you have to understand, and I think you do, Clay, for sure, that flatten the curve was never about not getting cases of coronavirus. Having the, the quarantine and stay at home, absent a vaccine, a treatment, or a cure, the same number of people are going to get coronavirus, COVID-19, as if we did nothing. We're just not going to get them all at once. So right. there's going to be a continuous, and this is the bad news with, with coronavirus, there's going to be a continuous uh, trickle is maybe undercalling it, but there are going to be continued numbers of cases and deaths uh, until we find the vaccine or cure or until we get to herd immunity. And that's the bad news about coronavirus. And, you know, uh, you ask if I'm afraid, I'm not afraid, but certainly we make some changes in life in terms of what we do. And, you know, uh, with masks for kids, even though I'm not sure that's effective, but just, you know, uh, you know, I'm, I, I think maybe handshakes have gone away forever, <laughs> you know, even, you know? Yeah. Uh, we're talking to Dr. David Chow, um, and, and you did uh, mention something that I think is really important. A lot of times when people heard flatten the curve, and by the way, we don't hear flatten the curve anymore because we flatten the curve, but the idea behind why we went into lockdown in the first place was to avoid overloading hospitals in the event that lots of people got sick all at once. One of the things that has happened, as you well know, across this country Uh, I talked to a variety of doctors and lawyers, uh, sorry, doctors and nurses who either are family members or they're, you know, friends. And many of them aren't able to work right now because we've so under, you know, instead of overloading hospitals, we have so underloaded hospitals because a lot of people have made the decision, hey, I don't even want to go to the hospital, even if I maybe should because I've got heart pain or because I've, you know, I'm not feeling well because I'm afraid of getting the coronavirus that we have actually led to a lot of doctors and nurses being furloughed and almost put some of these hospitals in dire straits from a financial perspective because nobody's going to them right now. Yeah, the hospitals, uh, are, uh, one of the local hospitals claims to have lost $35 million during the pan- pandemic. Uh, the hospital censuses, uh, the, the number of patients total have been at all-time lows. 
I'm just speaking to San Diego County, and my wife is a nurse, and she works two days a week, and she has started to get some shifts back, uh, but she was essentially off work for a good three, four weeks there. So there's no question that uh, that uh, the stay-at-home and or the publicity related to coronavirus uh certainly took a took effect in terms of flattening the curve i think and and you know getting people to be very aware of the situation uh, obviously we got to look at the science to see uh see what happens going forward but one of the things is and once again this is not trying to be political in terms of what's going on as i was waiting to come on jump on with you this morning Peter King retweeted a story. I don't want to mispronounce his name. I don't know the gentleman, Steve Politi or something. Peter King retweeted it. And he did in New Jersey, he did something very interesting as part of a newspaper series of 24 hours. He followed, uh, he went to a man's funeral and he documented his life and he had, the man had a great life. And it was sad how the New Jersey uh, paper reporter and he, uh, and it was some grave diggers and, and, and officials were the only ones that were present at the funeral. Uh, his brother had to sit in the car and look out the window, and some of his other family were in a nearby apartment complex watching him be put into the ground. Uh, you know, the, 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 the restrictions there seemed pretty uh, harsh at such a trying moment. Uh, but the interesting thing is he did a great job profile in his life uh, yes uh, it was uh, it was classified as a coronavirus death because he did have coronavirus late in his life but he cleared clearly died from metastatic lung cancer or would have uh, yeah. very shortly and that's one of the things that is so interesting about the coronavirus is many different coronavirus deaths are occurring in people that have comorbidities in other words you might have like you just mentioned lung cancer and I'm not an expert, but I know that the recovery rate for lung cancer is low. And then the coronavirus arrives and it puts people over the top, much like often happens with, say, pneumonia or the flu. People who are ill and sick often die of uh, a variety of different causes, right? Things end up in their body that are bad um, and, and pinpointing exactly what it was is sometimes difficult. Look, I am all for, scientifically, I am all for, and from a social uh, policy perspective, I am all for reporting all deaths that have anything to do with coronavirus as a coronavirus death, because you always want to over rather than under report to uh, help out public health officials and epidemiologists. But it's the interpretation of what that means publicly that sometimes gets us uh, in a different place. And so I'm not against the way that it's done, but the way sometimes it's reported distorts what the uh, reality is. And, uh, you know, my message is, look, we still have to be very careful with this. And, you know, let's not panic when we see more cases because it's going to happen. Uh, we need to follow science in terms of what's going on. Uh, but, you know, my wife did a, showed a pie chart of, you know, uh, the cases and whatever, the number of population. And it's, it's, the pie chart is ver- barely a, a, the, the width of a pencil or a pen in the line in terms of coronavirus. But if that hits you or your family or your relatives, that's a big deal. So I want to be respectful of everything that's going on. But at 
but we need to be more science-based rather than fear-based is all. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. All right, let's bring in uh, Dr. David Chow uh, here. And uh, one of the big decisions that was made, Dr. Chow, was uh, in, the, in the second round of the NFL draft, the decision to go grab Jalen Hurts. And the Eagles GM said that the coronavirus factored into his decision. I saw your response on that. Why, in your opinion, did the draft pick not make sense based on that rationale? Look, I'm not critical of the Eagles. I'm not critical of Howie Roseman uh, or Jalen Hurts. Uh, it may be a very great pick. I didn't study him as a pick. But some of the logic that uh, was described about the pick is that given the pandemic and coronavirus and given the obvious importance of your starting quarterback, it's important to have a backup. Now, I agree uh, with part of that statement. It's very important to have a backup. Uh, you know, I think last year, on average, well over 50% of the 32 starting quarterbacks don't play 16 games of the regular season. Last year, there was Drew Brees, Ben Rossberger, Cam Newton, you name it, the list was long. And usually it's only about 12 of the 32 that play the 16 games. So it's very important to have a backup. But as far as the pandemic or coronavirus, if your starting quarterback gets COVID-19 under the current climate without the necessarily perfect testing or what have you, what would happen is not only at a minimum would the starting quarterback in this time, the the backup and the third stringer would miss time given their proximity to each other in meeting rooms and usually lockers and so forth, uh, not to mention potentially other players and or coaches. Look, I've said before on the show that I think, and my fingers are crossed, that football will start on time, you know, maybe without fans, the whole deal, and they'll figure out some sort of system. But my bigger worry is, will the season be able to finish if something happens of absent a vaccine or whatever? What happens if a player tests positive for COVID-19? That's inevitable. How will the league deal with it, uh, let's say, in December or January when a player tests positive again? And I think that's almost inevitable. So there is worry about that for me in terms of football and the football season, but I'm not sure I bought into that logic that uh, some people described. Uh, Outstanding, as always. Really quickly, do you think Tua will be ready physically to play week one for the Dolphins? I do believe that physically, due to it with his hip, he will be available to play. But the reason, more likely reason he won't is because of the lack of an off-season program. It's hard to get acclimated to an NFL offense and even harder to do it virtually. So I don't think that realistically he'll have that chance. And let's not forget that you know it's a copycat league and Patrick Mahomes didn't start it right off the bat and he did pretty darn well. Outstanding, as always, Dr. David Chow. We'll be back tomorrow. Download the podcast. Make sure you didn't miss anything. This is Outkick on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, oh, oh.
Auto Parts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. No wonder GameBridge has earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals. It's not about being the best in the world. It's about doing what's best for the world. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 